Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scotsmenswear.com. Merry Christmas to you all. Today is the 27th. You've had your Christmas. How's it been? All right. Have you got all the things that you ever dreamed of? Any arguments? Did you fall asleep a lot of the time to the films and that after overeating? I've had a great time. Always in and out of Manchester and Sheffield. Been over at Snake Pass about 100 times. Got to be done on it. Travelling around. Well, welcome to another Monday. My name's Carl Maloney. Hope you've had a lovely Christmas. New Year's next. Now it's coming up at the weekend. Celebrations are high. Are you saving yourself? Didn't you manage to get out? Yeah, well, welcome to a special edition of this podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. It's a celebration of the series and it, it's been great just putting the edit together for this episode. Just looking back at all the conversations that we've had here at the RGM Experience Podcast. There's some great people out there in the world. Entertaining bastards. The great. And we've got them all on the podcast. So today we've, done, we've put like a compilation together entertain you through the festive season yeah we've got Sean Ryder Dr John Cooper Clark Tom Binns Harriet Dyer the, the, the cover sets Andrew Cushion Jamie Webster Sam Shiner yeah we might try and get another edit out as well over the festive season just to keep you entertained as if you haven't got enough on Yeah, it's been a, you know, where was I? Yeah, Christmas Eve, over to Sheffield and back, in-laws, all that kind of stuff, family, my parents. Christmas Day in Manchester, Boxing Day, back over to Sheffield to go to the dogs, out with the lads. Bit of a yearly thing. Busy times, isn't it? I hope you're not too exhausted by it all, and today you can just kick back and relax a bit. Get open those... uh, box of chocolates and all that bollocks <clears throat> try not to do that this year I've told everybody don't get me no like if you're going to get me beer just get me a few instead of like lots of cheap stuff just get me a few bits but more expensive stuff well not more I, I don't mean as if like I want to spend more I just mean better quality stuff but less of it 
trying to regulate things these this year. Trying not to still get to the gym a little bit and do all the boring stuff that I refuse to talk about on social media because you just shouldn't. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> but yeah, welcome to this edition of the podcast. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast because there's going to be a few updates in the new year. We are already booking guests, so it's going to be around. Um, but go to our Twitter page, please, at RGM Pod. Check us out on YouTube as well. You'll see the new guests that get premiered on there before anybody else. So subscribe to us on there. It's all free. So even you tight people out there, it's not going to cost you anything, this. It's all free entertainment. Yeah, stay tuned to the Twitter place and YouTube for all the latest updates. And we'll see you soon. Before we do leave it today, though, I do want to say a, a special thank you to the sponsor. Scots Menswear have made this series possible. And we really appreciate all the support that you give us and the music-loving community around us. So thank you. So yeah, let's get festive. And we start off with Sean Ryder. I mean, it's really weird as well how people remember things, you know. I mean, well, it's not weird. I mean, people remember things their way. You remember things your way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, certainly uh, there's certainly a few sort of bits in that book that I have to pick people up on. I mean, some of the... Like what? Go on. What? Like what? Go on, give us an example. Well, okay, right. It didn't actually make the book because I wouldn't like put in. <laughs> but you got Ucky going telling his story of how he'd go to Tony Will. He'd be there, you know, going to see Tony. And he'd, I'd be there saying, get rid of beds from the fucking band. And he's, <laughs> why is he getting paid the same as us? And mm. this and that. Well, do you know what? It's like, well, that is just, yeah, that did happen, but not with me. I mean, mm. I was the one that brought Bez into the band. I was the one that fucking argued for Bez's wages. I was the one that, when the fucking band ended, that we didn't want to end, that me and Bez went around together mm. and asked the rest of the band members not to split up the band. You know, but the rest of him was at Tony Wilson's fucking office every day. You know, why is Bez in the band? Get rid of him. Why is he getting paid things? Mm. Why has he got a mortgage? You know, and all that sort of thing. And saying, well, yeah, that, that's true what Lucky heard, but that wasn't me. And it doesn't <laughs> even make sense it being me. No. <laughs> you know, you know, why at the same, you know, and straight away I brought him into the fucking black grape. You know, so yeah, okay, you are right on hearing that, but it wasn't fucking me. That was our kid, Paul Davis and Gaz Whelan. And it came and came out of their mouths every day of the fucking week. So there was bits in that. I thought, you know what? I'm not having that in it. <laughs> and then these other dickheads that have wrote bits in it, I thought, fuck that, nah, that's not going in. Like that a, was my book. One, one more yeah. example then, Sean, I'm loving it. Which one, no, which, no, which, which I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay, fair I'll enough. But Uggie okay, is right on, on what you say, but it wasn't me, okay, if you ever see this fucking interview. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? I bet I'm so hard to fucking bed. And, you know, uh, anyway. Yeah, fair enough. It's like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm only half kidding when I say there's yeah. no point in writing poetry if you ain't going to dish it out to the public. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Hot off the press. There's nothing like it. I, well, I love that. My, that's my impetus, you know. Well, using one of your own quotes, you're in a position to make people miserable and there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember saying that. <laughs> I love that <laughs> when, they put us on, when they put us on the school syllabus, yeah, yes. finally I'm in a position to make people miserable <laughs> and there's nothing they can do. Being, my, my poetry is being rammed down, down the, the reluctant throats <laughs> of school children. <laughs> All over the British Empire. You must be quite proud of that, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I am, really. It's always did me a lot of good. I mean, that, mm. that's how the, you know, I love a circular conversation. That's how Alex got to find out about yeah. my stuff at school. Mm. You know, doing the uh, the old GCSE. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you know, I'm glad that happened. Yeah. Uh, do you have... It's in my favour. Just drawing it to a close a little bit, John, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today and just you know getting to know you a little bit there do you have a poem that you could share with us that you'd be comfortable sharing with us uh to yeah, hand well, if you've not yeah. planned anything is anything that that you know could be an old classic or something new whatever you're comfortable with yeah well here's a case in point right and uh no, i don't lose much sleep about never being put forward to being the poet laureate you know right. what i mean I'm, I'm not surprised why would they give it to me <laughs> they're not going to make me poet laureate any more than they're going to make Keith Richards a knight. You know what I mean? There ain't yeah. no Sir Keith Richards, no. and they never will be. And, and just as I'm never going to be the Poet Laureate, because I'm, I know I'm perceived to be a Republican and things like that. Yeah. I, would, I, I wouldn't oversimplify it like that. I think yeah. Queen Elizabeth II has, has been a, a terrific queen. And, you know, yeah. and we've had some good times under, under her. Uh, rain, <laughs> you know what I mean. If not, if it won't hurt, it be some somebody else. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I don't have a, an opinion one way or the other about that. But uh, but here's the thing: the, the last few poet laureates, they haven't done any royal stuff. And uh, so here's what here's one that I wrote when I was in France. I was in Paris with my uh, my late mother-in-law and my wife. And we, were, we were walking through Paris and and. Uh, the queen, queen mother hadn't been very well. So there she was on the front of uh, uh, a French magazine with uh, with a black a blackboard around the photograph of uh, this mugshot of the queen, the late queen mother, blackboard. So I put two and two together. I said, she's died, hasn't she? It's in French, obviously. I'm yeah. not that conversant. So, uh, <laughs> so but the missus read, but yeah, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I'm flicking through, looking for the poem from Andrew Motion, yeah. as it was said, right? So what, what's Andrew Motion? Surely he's written about this. This is a big event in the royal, you know, mm-hmm. calendar. Quit the death of the Queen Mother, you know, 101 years old. But uh, poem was, not, not poem one, not one line about it. So, uh, so they were all like, "Well, you know, uh, it's a tall order coming up with uh, something right, right off the cuff." Yeah. I said, "No, it, no, it is." And this took me two minutes. Now I'm <laughs> going to give you the backstory of this. The Queen Mother is very popular in the East End of London, and the reason she's very popular with the Cockneys of the East End of London is because she could have fucked off to Sandringham or Balmoral, you know, when the Blitz was on, mm. but she chose to stay in London. At the height of the blitz, you know, no, I can't, you know, these are my, you know, she was, so she's very, quite rightly, you know, she's held in very high high regard, even today, in the East End of London, for that reason and that reason alone, and the fact that she had a sort of, uh, you know, she likes a pint, and uh, yeah. <laughs> she betted on horses, and yeah. you know what I mean, there's, there's a real connection, there was yeah. a real connection with the Queen Mother because of this. Mm. So anyway, I come in, in, 
three seconds it took me to come up with this this little gem, right, to commemorate. Uh, it's in fact the title is longer than the poem. It's <laughs> okay. called it's called Lines Upon the Death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Uh, she stuck it out throughout the blitz. When let let, let me start again. Oh. She stuck it out throughout the blitz when lesser mortals got the shivers. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely super. Well, you know, you, you, you've got these characters, you're out there, you're established, and the, and the, 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 uh, these uh, characters really feel established and another really established um character that's out there in the world is alan partridge and i, I, I noticed that you you, you were you're actually in the knowing me knowing you episode yeah i did all the warm-ups as well for i'm alan partridge as oh well. wow okay yeah How, what was I'm it not... like just being around you know that right yeah, sorry mate yeah, yeah it's all right it doesn't look homoerotic in any way are you laid on the roof now yeah is that, yeah yeah it's fine yeah, oh, I'm perfectly happy with that, mate. Yeah, I'm happy if you are always. Well, it's just it's more comfortable. Yeah, I feel less exposed in the car parks. Looking at me, going, he's full of himself, isn't he? <laughs> <clears throat> they don't know that you're asking, you're asking me questions. You see, it just looks like a man. On the <laughs> yeah, just filming yourself. Right, he thinks he is. You look like one of them Instagram beauties. You know, like one of them. You you, you could be yeah. you could be like one of them. I know. Do you know what? No filter. <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah, <laughs> I was in that. Yeah, I was in Alan Partridge, and I did all the warm ups. So, was it part of it, like warming up the crowd? Did, did is that how you got your part as Glenn Ponder's boyfriend, or no, did I you? Did, did, I was, uh, I was in that first actually. That the oh, part first. right, okay. The warm ups I did was were the one that you probably don't even know there was a live studio audience for because it had sets on all four sides. It was the one where that set in the um, hotel. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I've watched them many times. Uh, Lent and Travel Tavern. Yeah. Well, they were closed sets. So, in other words, the audience mm. came in and they were presented with four boxes mm. and they couldn't see any of the action. They could watch it all on TV. But um, Steve wanted to um, play off a real audience, mm. reacting in real time to the comedy. Uh, so, he'd say hello at the start of the night and then get in the box, and that would be the end of it. And I'd mm. have to sort of part of my job. Um, my brief was not only to entertain them in between the takes, which is what you normally do as a woman, man, yeah. but also a man said, you've got to keep reminding them that it's genuinely happening in these boxes, otherwise they'll think they're just watching it on Sally. Yeah. Which they were, but it was also happening just the other side of that wood. Sure. That they, so it's know. just a picture. So there's four different boxes with four different scenes, like yeah, all, yeah. all in a long row. So some of the crowd, some of the audience could see some of it some couldn't see any of it depending on what scene they were filming at the time is that how it is all the audience could see nothing at all times right usual for a sitcom because normally most of the audience can see most of the sets at most of the time okay so different about it they wanted to film it like it was a film in other words with a set on every you know like closed sets Mm. i think it's called maybe that's when you're in the nudie rudies and you don't want everyone to come and have a look. Um, but anyway, the, the sets were, you know, had four walls and a ceiling. Yeah. So as far as the audience 
were concerned, there was just four giant packing crates in front of them that they couldn't mm. have a look inside ever. Is that but unique? They, is that unique to Steve Coogan and Amandu Inucci? Then is that is that something that they do only do? As far as I'm aware, it was unique to that series mm. or that that. I don't think I've not, I've not I've not done a show like that before or since. Yeah, you're either on location or you're in a studio. Yeah. What, what was it like being around Steve? While is was he always in Alan Partridge mode, or was it was he was he not? Here's the thing, right? He is always in character. Yeah, <laughs> means that. And Alan Partridge liked me as a warm up man and liked warm up men in general. Right. And so, and that was useful because when you're the warm up man and no one really knows who you are and they've come to see someone else, yeah. any like any win like that's really really useful. However. Tony Farino, and I did the warm-up for that mm. as well, couldn't stand me. <laughs> okay. And, or, or, or really understand warm-up men or what the warm-up men were. And yeah. So he was really shitty to me <laughs> in the audience. And there's just, even though the audience know, they don't know. And on some level, mm. they just got the message that I was to be hated. So that was a really tough night. <laughs> So, so yeah, so I've turned up one day, uh, but I'm still, I, I used to turn up with blooming gin in my water bottle mm. and uh, no one would work with me because it was a nightmare. And then uh, I've turned up and everyone's going, are you ready for the stand-up comedy assessment? And I was like, no, what? And then this guy goes, well, why don't you tell everyone this? Like, because there's a bigger story about when I died twice and all of this, because yeah. apparently they liked it. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, oh, all right. So I just got up, told this long story. Uh, and then I got on to absolute indifference because no one was bothered. To, well, probably uh, not even indifference, probably mm. dislike. <laughs> and then, uh, and then left to applause and everyone thinking I was great and I couldn't believe it and yeah. just from telling something what happened uh, and, and everyone laughing and I was like well that's good and it felt uh, cathartic that obviously like mm. you say we can have a laugh about it now but but at, like, at the time I had died twice and mm. it was quite a story I guess so to, so to get laughs from it and uh, uh, I, well, I couldn't believe it. And then the head of drama came up to me and she said, you're an absolute mess and we need to sort you out, mm. but you're so good at that. That is something you could do. And then it was, um, then the acorn was planted. Yes. Uh, and I just felt like that was what, oh, not in a, in a knobby way, but what I was supposed to do really. Yeah. Cause with the acting, like in Cornwall, I was like a big fish in a small pond, so I was really good at it. But then once I left Cornwall, I was just average. And I think you do have to be spectacular at that to, yeah. to um, you know, to go far in it. But with comedy, I just, I just felt like, oh, well, well, yeah, this could, this could be my thing. So then it wasn't rosy then. Like I still had mm. problems and palavers, but that was then. I knew from then on that that's what I wanted to do. So then I was just sort of working working towards that really but obviously then finished uni and then mm. uh, got a job in retail as you do and all that sort of stuff so there was many uh distractions yes but, but yeah for i think that for me was a moment when i was like you know we could do this like we could take it that far yeah. i think i think we supported sherlock's on the leeds arena on the friday sherlock's yeah. on the saturday wow. and like proper good weekend for us yeah. and uh I remember 
play in Leeds Arena, like, you know what, like, we could do that, like, yeah. we could, and like, I think you step up to it, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and obviously it takes a little bit of adjustment, but yeah, yeah. the whole thing and like the biggest stage is that we had pyro and stuff, and I was like, <laughs> oh, we right, could, okay. we could like definitely I do can that. Deal with that. I was gonna say, going back to the pyro, they didn't tell us about that, no. <laughs> so <laughs> we were we, we were in front of <laughs> we were, we've got like Ronan Keaton in the audience, yeah. right, and he's there at the front going away on his guitar. Next minute, these pyro shoot <laughs> up, everybody's like, what's going on? It was it was amazing, but yeah. I I. I I'm at the back. I just watch okay. what they're doing. Yeah. But in in terms of like, obviously I've seen them on small stages, I've seen them on big stages. Yeah. I feel like we filled it quite well. I feel yeah. like we did very well. And we got there first, I think. So we got let centre stage yeah. as well. Tony Adley's over there in the corner yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and, the, and the other band were in the corner and they were like, no, you're centre stage. And we were like, nice. what? Like, that's unbelievable. But it, what did Tony say to you after watching you? Gold. No, I'm <laughs> Best, Wait, re- best reply. I've been waiting to say that for years. Yes. Um, no, he he didn't say much. He didn't he didn't care for us. Did he not? He likes his G, he likes his G and T. Okay. He had a um. Can I say this? He had his um. Yeah, every, every gig you have a this is RGM. Anything goes. You can just say anything, mate. He had you know every, if you do a big gig you get like a runner so like someone yeah. gets your stuff. So okay. our one we just said come in eat your dinner with us like we don't yeah. need anything. We got some Harry Bows. Tony Hadley had G and T's but he didn't have any lemons, so he sent the runner off to well, Tesco's to get me did. sliced lemons so they bought back yeah. I think it was like frozen lemons or something so he was like no 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 so he sent him away again oh, to get yeah. fresh sliced lemons <laughs> for his G&T's yeah. so he weren't going to play and I'm there thinking we got this all wrong like we should be going right get fucking oh, we'll only drink Peronis or something I think at one point we asked for a table because yeah. we had a, our sound guy Daryl love him to bits he comes everywhere uh, he came and was like I'm going to video it for you and we've actually done like a, a for our single wild yeah. we did like a behind the scenes of the area so you can kind of see what it was about and he filmed it all and he was like oh, i could really do with a table so we kind of went excuse me is it all right if we could just get a table and they were like table yeah. table yep table <laughs> and they literally got a table in out of nowhere and we we're going jesus we could we could really we could really do well here, <laughs> yeah and then we speak to the other bands and they'd sent their runners off to get them like fresh pizza and like pizza express oh, and stuff okay. and we were like why could, we should have just had a pizza i know and, but and it's, just it's not Harry us Bo. it's not us we had harry bow and some beer yeah, and no, we were we were actually in the um like in the crew canteen uh, and all the crew were there and we're sat there just having a bit of a chat and all these other bands are living up having pizza express yeah. delivered to them and they wanted the menus and the, the some of them weren't even allowing the the runners to go in the room the manager yeah. was like not for us we were like get in here with us we actually had two of them they were brothers um <laughs> and we got them in the room yeah Crack a beer, you yeah. know. We got a full fridge here. We got grapes in there. Help we're, yourself. We're going to get you sacked tonight, boy. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> and they were, and they were. It, it was kind of sad to see because they were yeah. so grateful for us to just go, come in and have a beer and. Hey lads, he's back. Hey-o. he's back. You, you don't get this on fucking Zoom. <laughs> Live television. Yeah, I'll say, right, that wasn't really funny the first time. The second time, yeah, it really did to get d- to me. To do the same again the second yeah. time, yeah, okay. But no, yeah, it was yeah. nice, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And uh, we'd love to be back at Leeds Arena, and yeah. I think we peaked too early, 2018. Nah. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's great. Like, you're, you're still humble. You're still out there, still loving it. You're in it for the right reasons. You're doing it your way, which I really admire. Thanks. Uh, and I think it's you know it works for you. Um, it pay, it's paying off for you, and and I just wish you all the best for the future. And we're going to be keeping a Thanks, we're going to be keeping a close eye on what you're up to at RGM lads. If that's yes. all right with you. Well, before we go, I've got bones to pick. Go on. Um, and I love RGM reviews, but I remember on. once we got one from you um, about <laughs> top draw, and okay. and I, I remember it to this day because he says the lad says <laughs> I can confidently say this is not the music of their hearts. 
it feels like they've sold out. And that's oh, our wow. only song that's got nearly a million streams. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> no, I, I, I always ask for feedback on reviews and that kind of stuff. No, we um, like it. <laughs> no, we like, like it. it. It's like, a, like a, a, an honest review is a good review, genuinely. Well, what I insist on all the writers on RGM is to be as honest as possible. Yeah. But if you're going to be honest, try and give some uh, support to the band as well. Yeah. Um, and he did too fair to him. He did too fair to him. Did they? Yeah, he did. Go on. Okay. He said uh, he said we were great. He said singer's good looking. Yeah, okay. all right. Song shit. <laughs> but I, I think that shows the integrity of RGM a little bit because I know you guys. People might sometimes accuse us of you know you know this band you're going to give them a favourable yeah, review. Yeah. There's none of that that goes on in nah, RGM. It nah. don't matter if we know you or not. And I get and I personally get stuck in the middle of things like that. So when I, I've, I've got a band coming up in Manchester that's playing and they didn't get a good review at all. And it put me in a bit of a weird position where I'm stuck in the middle, but that's a, just a good example of showing that w- with RGM there's no favouritism. If you send, if you apply to be, or if you PR people send us your music to get reviewed, we are going to be honest with it with you. Yeah. And that that's how that's our integrity. You've got that as a band. Yeah, and it's, it's the it's way music, to be, isn't it? Like you can't, and it's, you can't and win it's them subjective all. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like like someone something like your song, someone's going to love it. Like, yeah. and uh, that's that's what it's about. Like, and, yeah. and uh, we eat that up. And you always remember the, the reviews that that don't like you can't remember the good ones can you never remember the good ones but that's part of it and like uh yeah it just made me laugh yeah yeah, that's cool that's all right i accept i accept that feedback i was gonna say it does show like the integrity for rgm because i think i I think it was another one i'm again i'm not mentioning any names but i've i've read one once and i don't think there was much positive outcome of it okay and i remember what like reading it thinking shit like if that was us i think we'd all go home and cry (laughs) but it, it just shows you like there's nothing worse than somebody just blowing smoke up your ass no. because they're there no. and they're going, yeah, they were good, they were fun, and it's like I'd rather somebody come and say, "This was a bit shit, that was yeah. a bit shit," but they did this very well yeah. because then it actually shows you that they, from they it. care. But bands can be too and quick in, in like pretending things like that don't happen as well. Yeah, um, and I thought I think that shows a weakness in a band where they just pretend something's not happened because they haven't heard what they want to hear. Yeah, as well, and, and we're not we're, we're just not just to try and you know, stroke the ego yeah. a little bit. And, and and there's I'd say ninety percent of blogs out there are people that are just like the idea of running a magazine, but they don't really have uh, a plan or they don't have the intelligence behind what they're doing to to try and help bands. Where that's what we're trying to do with our gem, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, think it's, it's one I of them. Think <laughs> <laughs> as a, as a blog, obviously you've got a understand that you're going to upset some people sometimes yeah and with as a band you're putting your music out to the world yeah you know there's some of the best songs in the world people go nah i don't like it it's shit yeah. and it's like you have to understand that you're gonna get ridiculed for it you're gonna yeah. some people are gonna hate it some people are gonna slag it off but at the end of the day take something from that but you also yeah. do it for the people who want to yeah you know grasp onto it and love it and and, and the, those people that pretend things don't happen tend to fall away after a couple of years yeah. like even in blogs even in bands it's the same thing yeah. people that are in it for the long haul and are passionate about it and don't care if, if if everything doesn't go their way go further I think Yeah. in life not just music or blogging yeah. in everything I think it comes down to like being honest with yourself isn't yeah. it? you've got to do, being honest like you've got to like what you do at the core yeah. of it and, and uh, it's like us we've got to release music that we like and then yeah. the rest stems and I suppose it works for you in the same way yeah. I guess sure well that's a nice positive way to end a podcast lads see you later nice one fucked. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs>
kind of produce it how I liked and and that and and, and I think that that's one thing that's missing now in music is the individuality. Do you know what I mean? Every 100%. every two shit bag pop stars are, are the same. Do you know what I mean? They really yeah. are. You 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 put the radio on and every song sounds the same. Every it, interview sounds the it, same. It's like hearing an interview from a footballer, isn't it? It is. It's just it is. absolutely identical and bland and safe and completely yeah. afraid of saying the wrong thing and just not. I, I hate how how there's no not that many personalities. There's well, loads yeah. load sprinkled over the country, but I'm I, yeah. I, and that's why I enjoy speaking to you because I, I'm you're a personality and I, and yeah. I just I just I love I'll, how I'll, outgoing I'll, you are with it. I'll I'll talk to you and I'll, I'll do any interviews as well. Yeah, down the board. Yeah. Race, it doesn't really phase me. Obviously, sometimes you say things and you want to claw it back, but. No, it's fucking just get on with it, man. It's life. It's it. It's it. As I say, that's the one thing that's missing. But answer your question. No, they don't get involved. Yeah, they did. Obviously, we weren't with Strap at first. That was a little bit of uh, how people wanted us to go on. Maybe it's in the early days when we first signed with Virgin. I was a little mm. bit of like, no, you can't be doing that. And you need to be doing this. And you need to be doing that. Yeah. And you need to be doing this. And you need to be wearing this fucking hat on a Tuesday. And you need to be wearing <laughs> these trousers on a Sunday. And it's all that kind of stuff. But uh, no, I'm. <laughs> I'm Jody. Don't absolutely yes. don't listen. Yeah, fair <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> well, uh, you know, funny tweets and that kind of stuff aside, um, you've built a. Uh, did you have the band behind you the last time we had a chat two years ago? Is that uh, how recent is the full band behind you? How did that come across? Uh, so after we, I, t- I tell you, if 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 Noel Gallagher hadn't produced Where's My Family Gone, I possibly still would have been doing it acoustic now, mm. or maybe he's just been to put the band together. The 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 issue I had was. The songs in the demos that I was doing, so at that time it's going to get better and waiting for the rain and stuff were out. Mm. I could replicate how those songs were sounding live, do you know what I mean? Because they were so guitar, like acoustic sort of guitar based. Uh, and then when we went and done Where's My Family Gone, I remember sitting with Noel when we were listening to the rough mix back and I said like, how am I going to replicate this live? And he's going to have to get a band together. Mm. All right, shit, okay. So that was a little bit of a lockdown project. And I've said this a few times, but I'll say it again. I can only, I haven't got any kids. I can only compare it to having fucking kids because yeah. it was the most stressful thing in the world. I love them all. They're like my second family, but fuck me, are they hard work? Particularly the drummer. <laughs> it was an absolute head case. But no, it's good. And uh, obviously, the show in show Manchester that we'll talk about before the interview, yeah. uh, that, 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 that'll be a full band. But that's five of we in the band now. We've got a new lad joining. He's coming to do the keys, Richard, he's called. So how, how, do, you, how do you find these people? Are they from all over the country? How, how did you put the band together? Because uh, I, I, I manage a band and getting five people in the same room together is a fucking nightmare. And if you if you spread out over the country, how, how, how did you find these people and uh, you know, to come join the podcast? Are they sessions? You know, plenty of fish and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Okay. Rent (laughs) rent a keyboard. Yeah. That's it. um, The bass player lives up the road from me. Oh, cool. He used to to play daughter him, so he's a good lad. Um, The drummer came to my first ever uh, This Feeling show Mm. just because he read that somewhere that I was involved in Noel Gallagher and wanted yeah. to come and he said, if you ever need a drummer, like I'll be there. And then okay. two years later, I needed one. So obviously, I give him the shout. And then the guitarist, his mate, and the keyboard player has joined us in the studio a few times. He used to be predominantly a session musician, yeah. which is incredibly talented. Uh, so he made the leap a few weeks ago to come join the band full time. Um, but it's pretty mad because one of the songs that we've got coming out, um, it's got a saxophone on it, right, for the yeah. first time ever. And I don't know if you know this, but there's another lad from Newcastle who really likes the saxophone as well. Oh, yeah. So I've 
I, I can't do it, mate. I can't bring myself to put a saxophone player on stage because it'll just look like a Sam Fender tribute. I'm <laughs> going to get away from that one. But there's definitely room for one more. Yes. I just can't think what it's going to be. Do you know what I mean? Whether it'll be another guitar. Three guitars is a little bit too heavy for me. Uh, so, so we're going to have to think. There's definitely room for another instrument in there somewhere, but it can't be sax because right, okay. Sam's doing the sax thing. Do you know what I mean? Is it intimidating seeing Sam from the other side at City just, you know, doing so well and you coming, coming up? Nah, he's, he's shorter than me, mate. Shorter than me. <laughs> do you know him, anyway? Yeah, yeah, I do know him. He's a oh, good lad. He's yeah. a really good lad. We, uh, we uh, get on well, me and Sam. Um, no, it's, it's not so much intimidating. It's quite... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not intimidating. It's the other one. It's the one that spurs you on. Inspirational. It, you know, it spurs you on to, to you know, to see it's possible. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm looking for. Yeah, um, I saw, I saw you winding. I saw you winding him up on Twitter, by the way, as well, when he were rung over on BBC on that interview we did it morning. Oh, really? I might have just made that up. I might have just made that up. I hope you have. No, he's he's a good lad. He's doing really well. But again, like these people seeing these people music goers and music listeners and I was the same before I started you know I seen Play God come on the radio mm. and the next thing Hypersonic Missiles came on the radio and then 10 months later he's got a number one album I thought yeah. fuck me he's came out of nowhere do you know what I mean yeah. it's just an overnight thing but if you actually go into Sam's story man it's really 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 inspirational man. he's been yeah. going for I think he's been going for about five or six years in non-stop graft I had mm. the pleasure of sitting down with him before this album came out and uh, and he and, and he played us a few tunes mm. from the new record and he was just telling us stories about like gigs that went bad or you know supporting Ben Howard and this show could have been better and yeah. you know he'd done so many gigs without a band and I was like fucking hell man like, he's just a normal kid that's really grafted for it and he deserves every bit of success yeah. that he gets I'll never tell him that to his face, but he does. <laughs> he deserves deserves every bit of success he gets. He's a good lad, but it it, it is it is hard work. Like there's nothing in this game now yeah. where you know you're going to be an overnight success unless you want to, you know, remix a fucking sixties classic. Like <laughs> you know, people are doing on TikTok and getting radio one plays and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which is just nonsense to me. If you want to actually do something music like he is, you've you've really got to put the graft in. Yeah. And another example is the Lathams. You know, they've mm. they, they've absolutely smashed it again. They grafted all the way through the lockdown, so many gigs. I think it's the only thing to do now. But no, I say artists like that is really inspirational. You mentioned on your socials as well is that you, you are open you are openly looking to show people behind the scenes and stuff, aren't you? What 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 made you decide yeah. to like you know, do that. I love, I love it. More people should do it. I love it. It's a great idea. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, you know, everyone knows what a musician does on stage because they see it. You know, um, even in the studio, to some extent, there's a lot of, lot of documentaries released about recording processes and, you know, nearly every, nearly every album is recorded now as a videographer with them doing Mm. this. But I just think on tour, it's, you know, yeah, obviously you put up your clips of, of, of being on stage because that's you know obviously from a marketing point of view it sells your next few gigs out you know what I mean when yeah. people see what was going on but and also it's good to let people know what's happening but for me the fans already the, the fans come to your gigs and buy the tickets so they already know what happens on stage yeah. today with you they share that moment with you so when I was a music fan I always used to think to myself like when I go and see you know Noel Gallagher or whoever it mm-hmm. was I go and see you, you'd think I wonder if they're in the building now. Yeah. Like, I wonder what they're doing now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it's just what you think as a music fan, isn't it? And 
yeah, I wonder what they're like. You know, I wonder what they're doing getting there and blah, blah, blah. And I used to be, I, I used to be fascinated with the idea of what's it like backstage until I started this magazine thing and went backstage a few times and realised that it's quite rough back there, isn't it? It's not, it's yeah, not, it's not glamorous yeah. behind the scenes. Even, even in festivals, there might be a table with some sandwiches on and a few beers and some portaloos. It, it's not very glamorous behind the scenes, really. So it's, no, no. <laughs> people, people think obviously that it's like it's good to be backstage and you know, blah blah blah. Get, you know, get backstage and yeah. when when people, even my mates, who come back. And see it, you go, oh, no, there's a lot going on, like, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah not that. <laughs> I mean, I got out the shower, I got in the shower just before my gig mm. yesterday, and as I walked out of the shower, there was just people in dressing me, and I was like, hang on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's it's mad, but you know, we like to give people that insight and traveling in the van, and yeah. you know, people probably think you're not know, a big massive saw bus with a big bed and all that, and that, <laughs> that's not yet, you know what I mean? That's yeah. where your aims are, but you know, for now. I can just show you what I'm doing, and it's sitting in the back of a Mercedes band splinter that's yeah. uh, splinter that's being converted. And so the the festival season, uh, I've I've seen you on Twitter enjoying the festival season, Sam. How have you found it this year, <laughs> being back in in festival mode and just getting out there and just cracking on and enjoying life again? Oh, it's been amazing. So I went to Reading. I only went for one day. I went mm. to Reading on Sunday. Then I was, I was working at Isle of Wight Festival, yeah. just DJing. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. With this feeling. Yeah. yeah so wow. that was just yeah. the most amazing experience. Um, but I spent the majority of my time at this feeling stage. But yeah. I what the, the amount of bands that I've obviously got to know over lockdown, seeing them play live and getting to meet yeah. them all and having a beer with them was just, yeah, just absolutely amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's good to yeah. be back. Were you DJing yeah. the, the, this feeling stage there then? Yeah. Yeah. And how's that? Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. I was, I was Did you do it a lot? Have you, have, you done it, have you done it a while? Have you, have you been No, that was my first time. Okay. So can, can anybody just <laughs> DJ then? Wow, I can't let you into the secrets there, Carl. Yeah, well, it's, it's quite easy, really. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I, 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 I'm always a little bit down on DJs because I just think it's playing one song after another. Which to me seems easy, but there's, there's know, a skill to it. I know that's a term like DJ. Like I, I don't yeah. want to take away from the craft of an actual DJ mixing yes. and stuff. No, so yeah, it's it's basically playing songs. Yeah, <laughs> but it was loads of fun. But you've got to be on the pool though. So you've got to read the room, aren't you? I suppose that that's a skill, isn't it? Reading the room and knowing what you know. If a, if a, if a crowd's not particularly digging one song, then you bring in the next song to win them back round again. And I, I suppose it's a constant battle. Uh, to keep the the crowd going, yeah, really, it's kind of more chilled out than that. So everyone yeah. took it in turns to like do songs like in between the bands. Like we did, yeah. like on the Saturday night and the Sunday night, we did like our own little set on stage. Mm. And like then we had like a crowd to try and please. But it was yeah, yeah. it was just an amazing experience. And I'm so thankful for them yeah. for asking me to come along. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of stories came out of uh, Isle of Wight then? Anything you anything you can tell us about or? <laughs> It was one of those that's really put you crazy on the spot. weekends. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. It was just yeah, it was just one of those crazy weekends. So I went, so I got to the festival site at about midday on Saturday. On yeah. Saturday, got back to my hotel three p.m. on Sunday. Wow. So it was a pretty wild night. So there was loads of the bands and stuff. We ended up back at one of the bands' tents yeah. until wow. All I can remember is it getting light and uh, okay. <laughs> thinking, oh my god, I got to go back to the hotel. So I had a kit for a couple of hours on their tent floor. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, obviously Liam Gallagher yeah. falling out of his helicopter. Yeah. I wasn't there, didn't see it. But. Wow. 
just come out. But the main the, the book, the, the one you know that I've, I've, I've got to do on fucking bookstore visits on and everything, is <laughs> how to be a rock star. Which right. is sort of again, it's like the Peter Crouch one, how to be uh, a football player sort mm. of thing, you know. Uh, and and that again is done with my uh, my sort of ghostwriting partner Luke Bainbridge. Mm. Wow. Luke's the one who worked on the autobiography with me. So uh, yeah, so I mean, there's a few things on that, right? Because I'm not a fucking one. Of the fact, one of the things that I find really difficult to do because of my ADHD mm. is read books. I can read, but one, I can't fucking remember what's gone on three lines before. I can't. Because straight away, it's gone out of my head. Mm. I'll read the same lines over and over and over again, you know, and I have to put my finger on it. So I find it very difficult to, to read books. It's like I'm all right, you know, reading newspapers, the, 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 you know, and, and things. And, yeah. You know, sort of, you know, I find it really difficult. So, I'm, you know... I uh, I sort of tend to not read them correctly, books, and then I've just had to do uh, the audio book. Right. So I'm finding bits in this fucking book <laughs> that I was absolutely not aware of. <laughs> Let's just say that. So I've, I've fucking said to Luke, will you stop taking the fucking piss out of people, slagging them off, and then using my fucking name? Oh, so, <laughs> so you're saying it with Luke that said it, not you? Absolutely right. Yeah. I've grown up. And how how do you be a rock star? What's the what's like the top thing that you should do to be a rock star? Well, here's the thing, right? In the book, I, like I say, I've just spent you know three fucking weeks or whatever it is on reading it on the auto book, yeah. and I can't really remember what I've read. Yeah, I really can't. Yeah, you know, it's gone in while I'm there, and it's there. But now I really can't, and I'm not shitting you. Remember, yeah. You know, it, if I'd have listened to the auto book, I would remember some of it. I, I like I like buying books, but I can't read them. I always buy the local Manchester ones. Now I'm living in here to try and get better, you know, history behind me. Well, but most I, of them are a load of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't compete with that, Sean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't really, I, I, I buy stuff because I, I don't know, they, they just they look nice in a certain place in your house, yeah. don't they? But but then I can't I can't read them because, I, I, one, I don't have a lot of time to read, really. And I, I don't remember them when I do read them anyway, so what's the point? Oh, you might have a bit of a condition going I might, on. I might have to, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I do, I mean, I do, you know, I mean, on my iPad, I've got all my newspapers mm. and all the st- stuff that I... I I find it easier to read off iPad and magazines and mm, stuff and sure. articles. Uh, and, and articles are a lot shorter and more compact. Yeah. So you sort of just hit me in that. And yeah, and then you've got it. Hey, up. And we ended it with Sean Ryder, the guest that keeps on giving. I hope you enjoyed the little compilation of a few of the best bits of the podcast over the last 20 weeks or so. Again, thank you to Scott for sponsoring the podcast. It's very much appreciated. 
Yeah, you've got Sean Ryder, John Cooper Clark in there, Tom Bins, comedian, Harriet Dyer, comedian, the cover sets, Andrew Cushion, Jamie Webster, Sean Ryder, Sam Shiner. It's been a great series. Take a look over the archive, guys. If you enjoyed this little teaser, really, then have a look over the archives. All the episodes are there. All free. Uh, join us on Twitter at RGMPod. Join us on the RG, uh, on the RGM YouTube channel as well. And from me, Carl at RGM, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, guys. Sending you all good thoughts. All those people isolating out there. Stick with it. We'll get through this again. We got through it last time, didn't we? So yeah, on behalf of everybody and all the whole team at RGM, I wish you all the best, guys. Stay safe. And we'll see you again in the new year for a podcast. So there might not be an episode for a couple of weeks. It's just while we get a few more guests under the belt and, you know, get everything sorted. I'm going to get off. Loads to do. Loads of work on RGM. Stay tuned to RGM at rgm.press. And we'll see you very soon, guys. I've been Carl Maloney, and I'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scotsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe, tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week.